Hello, this is Dr. H, and we're a beginning chalk artist and having a great time with it. And I'm glad you came to Chalk in a Maze. I hope you enjoy the show. This episode of Chalked and Amazed is brought to you by Monkey Wrench Press. Read their newest release, How to Be a Successful Escape Artist, by Jimmy DeLock. Available in fine bookstores everywhere. Uh, well, welcome to Chalked and Amazed, your podcast for gospel chalk artists. I'm your host, Carrie Kistler, and thanks for tuning in. Uh, this time on Chalked and Amazed, we visit with a gentleman that is multi-talented. He has been in the ministry for 26 years, and he's also been an entertainer and an educator for over 20 years as an illusionist, a hypnotist, a motivational trainer and speaker. Most recently, he has added chalk art to his arsenal of tools and is becoming known as a multimedia chalk artist who delivers messages that will inspire your heart and soul. I'd like to welcome the man known as Dr. H, Mr. Rick Honey. Welcome to the show. Hey, welcome. Thanks for the invite. I'm looking forward to being a part of this. This is exciting. <laughs> well, thank you so much. I appreciate you being a part. I like to ask all of our guests a question that looks backward in history, and that is, uh, what was your first exposure to chalk art, and how did you get involved with it? Oh, my word. Years and years and years ago, uh, a young man came through our church by the name of Dan Andre, and I was just blown away at the way that he was able to captivate the audience, and, and, and people just automatically linked to him. And, uh, and, of course, it was really amazing whenever he got through with his presentation how that the altars were just packed from one end to the other. But what really blew my mind was as the years went on, people remembered the drawings. They have them still in their homes. In fact, I have three in mine. And so I was just captivated with it, and he would always give us a little hint and allow us to get up there and try to mess it up, and he'd always say, you can't mess it up, just get after it. And I was kind of intrigued with that, but I was already involved as an illusionist, and I have a very large illusion show, and uh, the website is ricksmagic.com, that's R-I-C-K-S magic.com, and you can tell we travel with that. We also have a program for the hypnosis uh, we do a lot of schools uh, as far as lock-ins and things like that. Uh, that's beyondyourimagination.com. But recently we've added, or trying to add, the thefireswithin.com. And I'm a firm believer that maybe the reason why God put me into that is so I can make everybody else look good. That's <laughs> thing. I'm beginning to wonder about whether or not the chalk is working. But it is. Everybody says they, they, they're enjoying it. But it, I'll have to just give credit to God and also to an incredible mentor, uh, you know, Dan Andre, he's just incredible. Uh, his books, his CDs, DVDs, yes. I, I would suggest that everyone, you know, get a copy of everything you can get. He, he's just an incredible teacher and trainer and motivator. And uh, so I actually took a week off, went up and spent a week with him, and he just poured out his heart and all of his knowledge, and, and I came home uh, multicolored. <laughs> and to this day, I've got chalk everywhere. <laughs> Outside and Outside and inside, correct? <laughs> oh, my gosh. I've never blown my nose so much in all my life. And even with that, I'm, 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 you know, somebody said I'm a colored individual. Now I can do it from the inside out. It's amazing. Uh, <laughs> all right. So it was Dan Andre who introduced you to chalk. And about how long ago was that? Oh, my gosh. It's been t over 20 years. And he turned out just to be an incredibly one of my best friends in the world. And, and once again, just a great, great, one of the best chalk artists I've ever seen. I know he... He, he always says everybody else is better than he is, but uh, I believe that because of the inspiration that he gave to me, that's what makes him the greatest of all. I mean, he's just such a humble heart and such a giver and, and always you know, puts God first and everything. In fact, one of the things that, that we would always do before we ever started, before we ever picked up a piece of chalk, was he would ask God to, to guide my heart and guide my hands. And, and, uh, and he taught me a lot, so I would highly, highly recommend that you check out his website at danandre.com and there's several links on there that will take you to all the stuff that he does. Oh, sure, yes. We know Dan well. I met him in about 1996 and have, uh, in fact, just interviewed him here for Chalk and Amaze not long ago. Yeah, he's a wonderful man and a great inspiration to so many people. So he, he, you were exposed to him uh, and his art around 20 years ago. What was it that took so long for you to uh, get on that bandwagon and start chalking yourself? Because you've only been chalking for about how long now? 
Oh, less than three months. <laughs> so you're a fledgling at it, just getting started. Oh, I'm, I'm the baby on the block. <laughs> and so uh, why the lag time between the two? You know, I, I, I guess a lot of it because I pastor a church, and I do a lot of motivational you know, speaking and teaching. I have a very large illusion show. Uh, but once again, I'm 52 years old, and so uh, this, they say the show must go on, but it has to go in smaller boxes now for me. I'm just getting older. And then uh, with the hypnosis, I travel all over the, you know, the United States and into Canada uh, doing shows, which takes up so much of my time. But uh, my wife is critically ill, and because of that, I just decided that I need to start doing something that I can just do by myself instead of having to carry this big old huge crew with me. And I'm sure that you're very aware of that, you know, with all the shows that you do. And so I got interested in it, and I gave Dan a call, and he gave me uh, one of the greatest gifts. And, and that was an opportunity just to come up and spend a few days with him. And so I jumped on that, jumped on a plane, got up there, and they spoiled me rotten. And we were down in the basement, and from there, it, it's just chalk history for me. I just love it, and I'm addicted to it now. In fact, uh when we go, get ready to go to bed at night, my wife says, you come into bed, and I said, I'm going to sneak off to the church, and she knows I'm going to be there for hours upon hours. And when I come home, I'm just this colored individual from the top of my head to the tips of my toes, and, and as usual, I have to take another shower before I can get in the bed. She won't let me get in the bed with my chalk, but outside of that, <laughs> my world has changed. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. I, 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 I remember well. Uh, you know, before I go on, I should uh, let the listeners know where you are located in the country. Well, I always tell people I'm just an airport away, but I'm actually located in Lubbock, Texas. We're in the top side of where, uh, in fact, we're about four hours from any major city. And so that's why having an airport in our city is so important to me. <laughs> and we're like six hours from Dallas and about nine to ten hours from here to Houston. So it's a, Texas is a big state. It is. A t- <laughs> yes, it is. Well, can you tell me... Have you had any other teachers along the way or been to any chalk uh, conferences or workshops? Absolutely zero. Uh, you know, as far as looking at the Internet and stuff like that, I have done that. Uh, you know, we've got, uh, we're planning on attending a, some classes coming up. Uh, but right now, uh, Dan Andre, his CDs, his books, and then his personal inspiration he's given to me, that, that's really all I've had. And if you go to The Fires Within, you'll see the very first two pictures I've ever done. And now I'm also learning to do bed sheets. So uh, I'm jumping in at full fledge. I, in fact, I bought one of his uh, easels. I highly recommend that. It's an incredible easel. And I know there's a lot of good ones on the market, but, uh, you know, I go with my mentor. So uh, I'm just very privileged to be able to have one of those. But as far as uh, what we're doing, uh, we're just jumping in with both feet, both hands, and from the top of uh, uh, my head to the tip of my toes. The exciting thing about the chalk is I'm pretty much going bald on top. But by the time I get through drawing my chalk, Sometimes I've got red hair, I've got blue hair, I've got hair I didn't know I had. So it's, a, it's amazing. It's been a you know, life-changing thing for me. <laughs> oh, my. You know, speaking of bedsheets, I noticed on your website that you have a PDF download for um, building a bedsheet easel. Yeah. Uh, Dan Andre is one who had inspired me to do that. In fact, uh, uh, one of his students, uh, you know, Sam Glenn, was, does that too. And so uh, I went, we actually had built one in his basement, and from there uh, I came home with the concept and then, of course, put together uh, a PDF. So if I go somewhere, it's just uh, Dan said, why not let somebody build that for you and give them the chalk art? So uh, we're giving that a shot and uh, went ahead and put it together. I'm not the best graphic artist in the world, but uh, anybody who wants to can go there and download that. Just go to thefireswithin.com, and you'll see it over there. It's a PDF file, and, and if it works for them, that's great. Anything to be a blessing. Uh, I mean, that's how I got it. You know, somebody told me about it and explained it to me, and, and that's what we're doing. Would you mind too much if we took that PDF and made it available as well on our website with a link to yours? Oh, that'd be awesome. It'd be great. You're more than welcome to. I appreciate it. We try to have as uh, many free download uh, resources as possible available on ChalkedInAmaze.com, and so it would be a wonderful thing to add that for those who may be interested in getting involved in uh, using bed sheets uh, on the large-scale drawings. Oh, absolutely. In fact, it's, uh, when I came home, I uh, put together the, you know, the details on it, and I actually went over and laid them out and built one. In fact, we've got one in our church right now that sits on the stage, and, and I love it. It's very secure, but Dan, uh, one of his ideas was, like others, is that 
You know, if you're going somewhere, why carry all this stuff when they can build it for you when you get there? It's already stretched. You're ready to go, and you simply just hook up your projector and get your chalk out and just have an awesome meeting. And that just makes perfectly sense in this time and age. I Yes, I agree completely. Can you tell me how your programs look? Um, you're a magician, a hypnotist, a chalk artist, and a speaker, and so many other things. When somebody uh, books you to do a program uh, that includes chalk, uh, do you have other elements as well as part of that program? Well, the main thing is is that whenever, like any performance that we're doing, uh, if, depending on the size of the auditorium, you know, we would ask for, you know, uh, I, I carry my own headset, you know, and I plug that into their sound system. That way I use a headset. That way people can clearly, because the, the thing, of course, is the message. That's the most important thing. And, you know, the chunk is a great tool, just like the, the illusion show or the hypnosis show would be. Uh, those are just the tools. And uh, so that, and then, of course, uh, uh, we have a projector, we have a laptop that we plug in to that, and then when we get ready, we just hit enter, and we put it on, we use uh, a media projector, and we turn back around and put it on full screen, and just let that play over the top of it at the end of the program. So it's very simple, very easy. You can do the same thing with, with a uh, video iPod, if you like. All right, so your programs are just exclusively chalk, then. I mean, you would do a variety program that includes illusion and chalk and hypnosis, all mixed together, it would be you. Well, no, probably normally what I would do is I, if they wanted the illusion show, because uh, it takes, for a large show, it takes us around about 13 hours to set up. For a medium show, it takes about four hours. And so uh, between that and the chalk, it would be just too much. So I would suggest people, uh, one guy told me this, you can't chase two rabbits at the same time. Right. Uh, doesn't mean you can't have a whole bunch of rabbits in your, your back pocket, but, you know, pardon, uh, pardon the pun for the being a magician there. But the deal is that if the illusion show is one thing, and then secondly, I have another program, of course, which would be the hypnosis show. Uh, then now thirdly, we're adding the chalk art. So I'm just really excited because with the chalk art, I can go into, in, into a restaurant if I wanted to where I would be limited with the illusion show, and I, and I couldn't even do it like that. Uh, I, and also with the hypnosis show, you could probably get by with a small show, which we've done. But once again, with the chalk, uh, especially with an easel or whatever, it's just so easy to go in and have it set up and perform it. It takes very little work to set up, and within less than 10 minutes, you're ready to, ready to put your program on. So how long would your chalk art program last? It would depend on the venue. Uh, if somebody wanted something very quick, we'd probably have most of it drawn and then just you know, fill in the, you know, the details with it. Uh, if they wanted a, you know, a 30-minute program, or if they wanted a 45- or maybe even a 60-minute program, then depending on the venues, what you have to adapt to. And because if you, if you say, well, hey, it takes me two hours, well, then that's going to automatically knock you out of some of the venues. You've got to be able to be flexible. So uh, you may have to change up some of your drawings and maybe choose some with a little less detail. But once again, it's the message that you're getting out that's important. So for me personally, uh, if somebody said I want a 30-minute program, then I've got to be willing to do a 30-minute program. And if somebody books you, uh, for an hour, let's say, uh, and your drawing takes typically, what, 20 minutes? 20 to 30 minutes on a drawing like that is what uh, is supposed to be the suggestion that everybody's telling me for that. Uh, but once again, you've got your, your message that you're going to deliver, your motivational speech you're going to do. So once again, it'd be easy to tie up another you know, 60 minutes if you put that together. And then, of course, at the end, you always have the big crescendo with the music and, and all the lighting and, and the projection that's going on. And uh, so it would be very easy to put together a 60-minute program. I've been doing it for years. Sure. You've been doing a gospel illusion show. Well, let's talk about that. I say gospel illusion show, but I, I, my understanding is your programs really are have branched out and are also being performed in the secular venues as well. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. In fact, you know, that's what our programs are all about. It's not about trying to reach the saved. It's trying to reach the lost. And so... If we can put together a program to bring, you know, the secular world in and then take one illusion in the middle of the show and present the gospel of Jesus Christ, then it's worth every bit of it. Uh, we do a lot of school shows, and the reason for that is uh, we don't go in as a minister, uh, but we do go in as a motivational speaker. You know, the Bible says, be wise as a serpent, harmless as a dove. So we're trying to use some wisdom here, and then from that people come up to us and talk to us on a personal level and we're allowed to do a quite a bit of evangelism like that. And so it's opened a lot of doors for us. And I'd highly recommend if somebody has a love for doing, you know, gospel magic or 
illusion, uh, to really give it their heart and jump in there and just give it and let Jesus guide you through it all. Same way with uh, the hypnosis. That's been a very controversial thing, but also started an organization called uh, the FC Hypnotist, which is the Fellowship of Christian Hypnotists, and you can check out the website on that, fchypnotist.com. And uh, so, once again, it's just an opportunity to make an impact in a world that uh, normally wouldn't come to a church. And I've been pastoring for, you know, been in the ministry for over 26 years now, and been pastoring for uh, right at 20, oh, 22 years now, 21, 22 years, something like that. And I'll tell you that these things, even though they're controversial to a lot of people, has opened the doors for me to reach people I could have never reached before. And that's what this is all about, to seek and to save that which is lost. You know, this is a very uh, interesting topic, and I think as long as we're uh, right here, let's chat a little bit about the hypnotist part of, of what you do. Of course, for many years as I was growing up, hypnotists and hypnotism were kind of associated with unsavory things and uh, maybe the dark side of things. And I've never really spent time talking with a Christian who practices hypnotism. Can you express how you think hypnotism is consistent with uh, Christian doctrine and theology? Oh, absolutely. The first hypnotist in the Bible was King David. Oh, yeah, so let's hear the story. Well, he, you know, he played a harp. He spoke words, and the king's countenance changed. If you come to one of our programs, whether it be my clinic, I actually have a, a hypnosis clinic, uh, or if you come to one of my shows, you'll see that we're going to play some music, I'm going to speak some words, and people's countenance change. Uh, preachers do it all the time. Mom and dads do it all the time. Coaches do it all the time. Teachers do it all the time. Kids do it all the time. Uh, hypnosis is simply magnified concentration attached to a very strong belief system. And uh, I, I like to joke with people, and they say, well, is hypnosis real? And I say, well, have you ever been married? <laughs> and they'll say, well, <laughs> well, then you got hypnotized. You stood at that altar, didn't you? But, you know, and I always tell people, all kidding aside, but you can call it hip meditation, you can call it hypnosis, you can call it positive thinking, the power of the mind, whatever you want to call it. It's, still, it's strictly up to the individual. And uh, no one really has the power to walk up to a stranger and just and look them in the eye and just say, sleep, and they're going to fall over. It's not going to happen. But if they believe that you're a hypnotist and they believe and they've seen this, then people are conditioned very easily. Uh, that's why crowds work so well. Uh, that's why people will normally act one way in a church environment and act completely different outside of that environment. In fact, you put them in a church environment, and you're going to see people in some venues jumping up and down and, speaking and doing things that normally they might not do in a regular outside environment. So people are influenced and motivated by their surroundings very easily. And it's just the way life is. So the Hollywood concept of a person put under the influence of somebody else and not really realizing what they're doing or what they've done is kind of a, a bogus... Oh, yeah, that's the movie, yeah. Hypnosis is not cultic. It's not demonic. It's not even Christian. You know, it's just simply magnified concentration. And it's... For example, I'm going to ask you a simple question. You Feel free to give me the answer you want. Have you ever daydreamed? Oh, certainly. Well, that's another way that we call hypnosis. Uh, have you ever gone to maybe a movie or a church service? You got so involved in it that you lost track of time. Oh, sure. Have I... you ever been driving down the road for maybe a while, and you were so focused on something else, you don't remember going to that little town that you just went through, but yet you stayed on the road? So, you know, uh, people use it all the time. In fact, you get somebody into a football game and things aren't going well, the coach is going to surround it, get all the kids to surround him, say, look at me, get focused, tune the crowd out, and I want you to see yourself crossing that goal line. And in the second half, all of a sudden, there's a change in the team just because they got focused. And that's really what it is. And, uh, but it also attaches to a belief system. But if you go to our uh, fchypnotist.com, or you can type in fellowshipofchristianhypnotist.com, there's a whole entire article on there called The Truth, also one on religious views, and there's a lot of information for people here. And the Bible says in John 8:32, 32, uh, you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. And, of course, John 8, 36, that the Son, therefore, shall make you free, and you shall be free indeed. So what happens is a lot of people, uh, when the disciples were in the boat, this is the way a lot of people respond. They were in the boat, and Jesus come walking on the water. Now we're talking about the Son of God. We're talking about God in the flesh walking on the water on a raging sea. And their first thought was it was a demon. 
See, when people don't understand something, they automatically attach it to the occult. They want to demonize it, sure. Oh, absolutely. And, and yet it was the Lord Jesus Christ himself, you know? And we talk about that, but is it mind control? Depends on what you're referring as mind control. Uh, one person may say, listen, I've had people say when they come to my church, that, you know, you, you messed up their mind. I said, well, when I found them, it was messed up. I cleaned it up, you know? And, uh, <laughs> but that's what, that's what preaching does. That's what teaching does. It just helps people to get the truth, enough truth to get focused and, and head in the direction that they need to go. Right. But people think it's a trance like they see in the movies, and it's not like that at all. Yeah. Well, if you're in the ministry, you are in, if you'll forgive the, the expression, you are in the business of persuasion. Uh, now, ultimately, it's the Holy Spirit who convinces and convicts, but he uses us as his instrument to help focus and persuade people toward the truth. Oh, sure. I'm, I'll never take anything away from what God does. I'm just saying that from a, just from a, a scientific standpoint and from a common sense standpoint, you know, uh, uh, hypnosis has been used. They use the word hypnosis, which is really the wrong word. It means to sleep, you know, and, uh, but you're not asleep. You're very much awake. If, if when I bring somebody to my clinic and I, they want to stop smoking or they, they're, have, they're being traumatized and they get past that, instead of spending years in therapy, they can spend just hours with me and they, and they go on with their life, uh, you know, because they've bettered themselves. And really all it is is a person getting down and really taking a good, look at the situation, and they become so focused on it that they refuse to let any other things get in the way of them achieving the positive things in their life. So positive motivation, sure. Uh, you know, if you want to call it mind control, well, it's not me controlling their mind, it's them controlling their own mind. In fact, the Bible teaches us that we need to control our thoughts. Sure. You know, in fact, everything I do is based on Romans 12, 1 and 2. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you... Present your body, not a dead sacrifice, but a living sacrifice. That's, that's something that's useful, something to be received. A living sacrifice, you know, which is holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. How do you do that? Verse number two. Be not conformed to this world, but be a transformed by the renewing of your mind. And then the Bible says, as a, you know, as a man thinketh, so is he. So, you know, the Bible's full of inspiration. And yet a lot of people want to go back and tag it as something evil just because they don't understand it. Sure. You know, and just like some people will probably look at chalk art. Well, you're just, you're just using a tool to trick people. Well, no, it's, it's, it's no different than Jesus feeding a crowd in order to draw them together. He can speak to them. That's all we're doing is drawing a crowd. And if I, if I was telling people that I had a power, then that would be different. But we all have a power of influence. If I can attract people to come yeah. because of chalk in order for me to get, deliver a message that's going to help someone, sure. then so be it. Or if it be a, a magic trick, uh, until somebody can walk on a raging sea like Jesus did, you know, we call them illusionists. Some people call them magicians. And, of course, the magi or magicians, uh, these were the people that were very, very smart. They were the most talented. Uh, they had the wealth to back them up to get all the schooling. So if somebody calls you a magician... And if you were in the biblical days, well, that would be a compliment. Yeah, you know, I'm curious to know, who was your influence in magic years ago? How did you manage to trip into that world? Well, you know what's really amazing? Evangelist Bobby McGilliard uh, sure, came I know to our Bobby. church. And uh, when I saw him do a program, uh, I was a, a youth minister and associate pastor in Abilene, Texas, at Liberty Baptist Church. And uh, whenever he came through there, and I saw the audience, in Sunday school, not a pin could drop. I mean, you could hear, I mean, every word he said, people were just glued. And at that point, I fell in love with that. And so what I did, I just went out and, and built a show, you know, and just asked God to give me wisdom and guidance, and off we went. And my first show was a big show. And then from then, I started learning to do some smaller stuff. But that evangelist Bobby McGilliard was my inspiration for that. But then Dan Andre was also... Uh, he had his own TV show, and it's amazing what Dan has done and accomplished in his life. But he had some props that he had and some books, and he gave those to me uh, to invest in my ministry. So once again, Dan's been very you know, uh, a, a major part in my life to inspiring me to do some of the things I've done. So I'm very grateful for that.
And so uh, magic, illusion, captivated you for, for many years and still is. And then chalk came along. Why chalk art? What is it about chalk that uh, compels and captivates you? I've never done it before. <laughs> and I've got one shot at life. Why not? I'm not an artist. I have a cousin that is an extreme artist. Oh, my gosh, he's incredible. I've got his links on my website. And, but, you know, the cool, thing, the cool thing about the chalk art is this, is that it levels the playing field. And really, anybody that wants to get up there and do it can achieve something out of it. And when you're up close, it looks like a mess. But when I, when I was doing the chalk art, and then I stepped away, and Dan said, get your eyes off of it for a while. When I turned around, I had tears fill up my eyes. Right. I couldn't believe that God could let my hands do something like that. And then to hear the stories of Dan just letting kids come up in their meetings and just do it, and then they step away and say, look what I did. I think it just levels the field for everybody. Anybody, if they really wanted to, could accomplish something with this. I would encourage everyone to at least go out and get chalk dirty once. So you have no background at all in art, is that right, None. Rick? None. And so just by uh, getting some tr practical training from uh, Dan, somebody who knew what they were doing and how to handle the tools and the materials, you were able to start. Oh, absolutely. In fact, uh, just those four days, uh, five days I was with him, uh, if you go to our website called thefireswithin.com, there's pictures there. And I'll have to tell you, uh, when you're sitting there and you're listening to what I consider, now Dan won't agree with this, but I consider him to be a master chalk artist. And when you're sitting there and you're listening to him and he says, just let it flow, move your wrist, and it's amazing if I follow the leadership of the master, what I was able to achieve. And when people see that, they're just blown away. They're saying, oh, that's incredible. And I, and I come home and I try to achieve the same thing, and it doesn't look quite the same. <laughs> but, it's, it's, but you can see that there was a mark there that, uh, like making waves, and putting the little black lines underneath it to give it that three-dimensional look. And then to hear people when they walk in the room say, oh, my God, it's beautiful. And I'm going, you know, that I think everybody should have a chance to be able to hear somebody say what, when they did something, that's beautiful, that's great. And I would suggest everybody to go out and try it, have some fun with it, buy some chalk, just make a mess, and be a kid again. That's, that's what I love about the chalk. It, it brings the kidness back out of me. I love that. <laughs> yeah, I know exactly what you mean. It's a joy. I think I'm hypnotized when I get in front of the easel and start drawing. That's my form of hypnosis right there. <laughs> and, and you know, you have to agree, you lose all track of time, don't you? You sure do. And it's really uh, probably the closest I am to God is when I'm chalking. It's like a, a form of worship. It really is. It really is. And I'm very grateful that I'm, I'm having a chance to do this and, and, and just completely humbled that I was able to get under the hands of a professional. Anyone that's been doing chalk art for a while, if you know someone, I would suggest just go up to them. The one thing I've found out about chalk artists is this. They have a heart, you know, and they, they love what they do, and they're willing to talk, they're willing to share, unlike a lot of the other professions that are out there, and especially the gospel ones, and I'm just, I'm just loving it. Well, you're not an artist, per se. You haven't been trained as an artist. So when you're designing a new program, a new chalk program, how do you develop your drawings? How does that happen? You know, uh, I found a, a picture on the Internet of an eagle that had uh, the flag embedded upon it. And I said, that's what I want to draw. And I wanted to be different than everybody else. I mean, right now I'm learning some of the basics, you know, the waves and, you know, and things like and lighthouses. But... I wanted something that, that would fit with my life, that I could easily implement, uh, you know, the motivational things that I do. And when I love to talk about finding a way to be personally free, that's why I love uh, those two verses in John where it says, that, you know, if the Son, therefore, shall make you free, you shall be free indeed. And that's where a lot of people aren't. They're just not free today. They're not free to experience life. They're not free to enjoy their marriage, they're not free to enjoy their kids, they're not free to enjoy life, or even their religion, you know? And I don't think that's what Christ wanted. I think he wanted us to experience this life to the fullest with the joys that he's made available to us. And that's one of my messages, is I think we need to simplify our lives a little bit more and prioritize it and say, you know, I just need to start taking time out to enjoy what God's given me. And that's why I think the chalk for me, at my age right now, it's just been like a breath of fresh air. I felt like a kid 
that just opened his Christmas package, and Santa Claus came early, you know? Right, right. Well, Chalk for You has been an eye-opener. It's been a, a magical magnet, in a sense, and you've seen the power of it on stage and, and how it affects people. Why is it, do you suppose, that chalk art is not used more in the secular world as a form of entertainment? You know, I think that we, we what we've done, and, and yeah, I'm a pastor and I'm all for church, but I think what we've done, we've got God so boxed in in our minds that, that that's what we've done with our lives. You know, we just don't really, we haven't learned to find out that, number one, I teach this to people, there's no such thing as a box. Everybody says, think outside the box. Well, there is no box. If you say there's a box, then you're already boxed in. So the problem is, is we think we can only enjoy what people say we can enjoy. We can only do what maybe some religion says we could do. And I've never been in that box. I've, I've always been kind of the outcast. But you know what? I'm living my life. I'm, uh, it's like the disciples being in the boat. Can you imagine the stories they could t- tell during that day? Man, when they saw Jesus walking on that, well, they had to get in the boat. They had to step out by faith and just get in that boat and get out in the middle of that raging sea. And most people are afraid and intimidated by this thing called life. They don't mind having a J-O-B just over broke, just over beyond, just over, you know, belief. But when you experience life, then sometimes you step out of it and you realize what's really, really important. And, of course, that's our relationship with ourselves, our relationship with our God, and then most of the our relationship with each other. And uh, we've gotten into a society that's disconnected everybody. And I think what the chalk is doing, it's helped me to see how that when people walk into a room, they're not waiting for a bird to appear. They're not waiting for me to uh, get somebody to, to, you know, maybe dance like, like a, a famous movie star, you know. When they walk in that room and they see that picture, it's like they've, they're connected. It's like, like they, oh, I've got to find out what this is all about. And it's just like a magic. I just love it. Uh, I'm learning from it, uh, even for things in my life. I would suggest everybody to go out there and buy them a box of chalk and just get after it and get dirty. I, I think that uh, we need a whole bunch of dirty chalk artists. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, that's... That... I mean, cover from the top of their head to the tip of their toes well, that... <laughs> with chalk. That brings me to the next thought. How is it we can help grow the ranks of chalk artists? There just aren't very many out there. You know, the, I think Dan has, has the right idea is whenever he would get up on stage, he would put together, you know, some extra easels and, and put things on it and just let everybody come up and just have some fun with it. You know, he might start with a basic drawing, you know, and maybe this, and just let them start filling it in. He might, you know, say, here's the mountain, put some brown there, and they put some brown there. And then, and then what was amazing is, is he, he'd go back and he would take his hands and they would watch what they did, the mess that they made, but they watched the master come in and reshape it and form something out of it. And I just think that's incredible when people can say, look at the mess I've made with my life. But they'll just let the hand of God come in and just show them what he can do with their mess. Now, I think that's the most powerful message in the world. And I think if, if we'd quit making it about us and realize that we're there about them. I've always said this. Our job is simple. You know, God gave us commission, and that is to win all of them. And if we can win all of them, how do we win them? Well, we can't, but he can. So all we have to do is get them to him. And so whatever means you have to do to get them there to hear the message, that's what you ought to do. So once you get them there, if I'm the only preacher, then Christianity is going to die. So my job, I believe, is to help let the Holy Spirit in order to inspire through me to inspire someone else to do what I do. And I've done that with my magic for years. Young kids come up to me, and I, I tell them to go to the library, get their books. I work with young people. I show them how to do a rope trick, how to do a card trick, how to make a coin vanish from their hand, and their eyes light up just like they've just seen, you know, uh, the biggest miracle in their life. And they go out and they buy a few tricks, and they learn it, they entertain their family. And that, to me, is giving back to an industry and to a profession. if, If I'm a sponge and all I do is soak up and I never squeeze it back out, then... I believe that, like a sponge, if it just soaked up its water and it never, ever was squeezed back out, it would just become stagnant, it would rot and fall apart from the inside out. And I think that's where a lot of entertainers are today. It's been so much about us trying to entertain. But the, the chalk 
I believe, is a venue because not everybody can go out and buy a $40,000 illusion. Not everybody can go out here and, and take, you know, and spend three or four years learning to do what I do on a hypnosis stage and do it properly and correctly. But it's amazing how you put up a bed sheet and draw a couple lines and just let the kids come up and just get dirty with the chalk. Just smear it all over everything and ha- laugh and giggle and then go back and watch maybe a, a, a master chalk artist go back in and just kind of fill it in and say, look what we did together. Right. And, and I think that's what it's all about. I think we've got to we got to quit boxing it up and say, look, let everybody get involved. So if you do a program like for a church or you're doing it for the school, I mean, what a great way to get into a school with, with chalk, you know, uh, where I couldn't get into a school many a times with, with a magic show, and I sure can't get into some schools with a hypnosis show. But because of it being art, every school has art. So secular, absolutely. Get your name out there, and then hopefully somebody will invite you to their church and let you do a program. So in order to help uh, recruit new fresh blood into the uh, chalk art world, we need to be more intentional about trying to help younger people uh, be introduced to it. Yeah, what what would be wrong in, in, in some of the chalk artists in their local city uh, maybe saying, look, we're going to have a, a, a chalk school, and, and, they, and maybe they can find a way to fund the chalk, let them come out, and just have a whole entire week of just letting the kids, teenagers, whatever, just those that volunteered and made a commitment to it, that would come out there and just have some fun with it, you know? And uh, uh, I, think, I think that would be one of the ways, you know, the little, uh, gosh, the libraries, you know, I do a lot of library shows, and for me, I'm going to volunteer some time to go to the library and say, listen, I'm willing to do a chalk art presentation if you will take and use your database to pull some people in here, if you'll guarantee me some people in here, and we'll get the kids involved, and we'll let them take and draw some pictures, and we'll have a good... I just think that would be the best way to do it. I don't know. Maybe that's just me. Rick, have you had an opportunity to be a, a teacher of chalk yet? I know you're still fairly new at it yourself, but have you been able to mentor anyone under, you know, take them under your wing and try? You know, yes. I've got a young lady in our church. Her name is Peggy, and already she has already gotten inspired. I let her come up here and draw a little bit of chalk with me, uh, and, it, and her and her husband are gospel clowns, but she's a great artist, and yet when she saw what I did, and I said, look, if I can do that, imagine what God can do with your hands. So we've got uh, a young man coming down, to, uh, hopefully, I'm still talking with him, to come down in September, and we're going to have a chalk school. I'm still trying to work all the details out. Once we get together, it'll be on our website, it be fires within. And uh, we're going to get them to come down, and we're going to try to get as many people as we can. We're going to send out some postcards to local churches here and just see how many people would want to come out and just have a fun day doing some chalk and we're just going to see what happens it's people like you and approaches like that that will help uh, chalk art continue on to the next generation oh and what you're doing i mean uh having your ipod cast and all of this and and not just marketing to chalk artists but you know being able to get it out to everyone that that's all part of it just everybody giving back you know and giving their heart with it that's it and their time it's, that's what it's all about and that leads me to my thought that uh, i want to clarify the question that i asked earlier we see chalk artists almost exclusively uh, performing or ministering within a church. And, uh, and my question is, why do you suppose the world, the secular world, non-Christians, why have they not picked up on chalk art, and why don't they use it as entertainment in, say, nightclubs or uh, any other venue? Why does it seem to be exclusively a church kind of technique? Well, I think it's like whenever you buy a white car, you don't notice how many white cars until you buy a white car. Or if you buy a blue car, you don't notice all the blue cars, so you have bought a blue car. Well, a lot of people who get into chalk art are geared up to do one thing, and that is present the gospel. When they don't realize, like me, uh, doing my magic shows and things like that, uh, I help the schools out every year to keep kids from going out and getting drunk and because we have what's called a lock-in, and I do a hypnosis show or I'll do an illusion show just to keep the kids inside. Well, to do that, I had to contact the schools. I had to make put together a program and say, here's what we have for you, and give them multiple choices. Then we have to keep contacting. So, And it, it's hard sometimes to get the gigs. And I tell people, if you're not on the phone, you're not going to be working. 
So most people are lazy, and they just want to go into a church. But like me personally, my, my ministry is not to a bunch of people inside of a church. My ministry is to a world, and I have to get out there. What I mean to say is this. We have, in just the regular entertainment world, we've got singers. And then in the church world, we have you know gospel singers. Out in the world, we've got uh, magicians and ventriloquists. And that's all they do. They perform those skills in secular venues. And then you have, uh, you know, counterparts. You have Christians who do the same thing within the church. I don't see secular chalk artists. I don't people. I don't see people who are not Christians out there performing chalk art. Not very much. There are a few. There are a couple. Almost all of the chalk artists I see are within the church. Why hasn't Why hasn't the world captured? a hold of chalk art, why haven't they used it as a tool the way the church has used it as a tool, do you think? From my personal perspective, it's simply this. There's just not a lot of people who've gone out to present themselves as a secular chalk artist. There's a few. I know that, uh, well, Sam Glenn, uh, he's doing a lot of secular, and he does it by motivation, by going to corporations, and and he's doing a really good work with that, you know? Yes. And then there's myself. I'm, I'm a secular type of guy. And I go out, and I've been used to doing this with my illusion shows. I've been used to doing it with my hypnosis shows. And now we're going to do the same thing with our chalk. But you just have to go out there and say, look, there's the front door. Get out there and make yourself available. And I think the more people who will step outside their comfort zone and start doing it, I think the more you'll see that. But using it in a motivational environment uh, for CEOs, absolutely. That's how we're going to do it. Using it in a school environment to motivate kids, uh, absolutely. In a college level, you, you know, it's all the same. People are just people. And if people like yourself, myself, and Glenn, and others like that would just get out there and say, look, I want to use this to inspire people, you know, and not, not just present the gospel. And I'm all for the gospel. But I don't want to be limited to just one thing. Paul said, I become all things to all men that I might save some. So with that thought, if I can go out here to a corporation and inspire someone to become a better husband or a better wife or, or a better you know, sales director you know, to help change their life, I think that's important too. And, that's, and I believe that's going to open doors for me to get in to minister in different ways. But Paul said, I become all things to all men. And for me, I take that to heart. And so I would love, like you, I'd love to see more people out there doing what we're doing on a secular level even. But I think most of the people that are training for chalk, uh, that are trainers, that's all they train for. Right. They don't train people to be secular. Yeah, and that's just it. I'm surprised that somebody who has just been a, you know, non-Christian, not even thinking about any kind of uh, relationship with the Lord, but who is an entertainer? Let's say they know they know that world and they've performed in that world uh, with different skills. Why why it is or how it is they haven't you know seen a chalk artist and then said, hey man, I can use this. I can I can uh, build a show around this and just do school shows or just do whatever. Not even thinking about using it in a gospel context because they're not a Christian. And I just don't see that happening very much. You don't hear about it's happening with this guy. <laughs> yes, but you're but you're a Christian. See, and that, and that's that's yeah. that's the whole point. The the Glens, um, Sam and Ben, you know, they're Christians. I'm a Christian. You're a Christian. Now we can transition and use the skill and haul it out into the world and use it for all the reasons that we've talked about. Uh-huh. What I don't see are non Christians using it in the entertainment world, and it's just perplexed me why that hasn't happened. But you said something that I think might be at the at the root of it, and that is almost all of the teachers of chalk art. Are Christians? <laughs> they're yeah. they're within the walls of the church, and they're training other Christians to be chalk artists. Right, and uh, that's probably what's at the very base of the whole thing. Well, you know, and, and if people just if someone is inspired to do so, and they want to go out and start a, a chalk school, yes, and, and they just want to do that from a secular point, that doesn't mean that they can't eventually have an impact on that person as a one-on-one as a witness, and then win them to Jesus Christ. Sure. And, but I'm with you 100%. That's the reason why uh, the stuff that I do, people say it's very controversial. I said it's only controversial because you said so. It's, it's not a problem with me. I love doing what I do, and people love for, for me to do what I do. And if I worry about what the churches have to say, hey, 
and most churches can't get along with each other anyway. So for me, though, I can walk into a restaurant and have some cards and coins, and people are laughing, having a great time. Then later on they find out, oh, my gosh, you you also a pastor of a church. I do. And they say, well, man, we've never met a pastor like you. I said, I know. God put me down here to make all the other pastors look look better. You know? <laughs> and I think that's why God let me come into the chalk art. Maybe there's some bad chalk artists out there, and now he put me out there, so now they look good. <laughs> Well, tell, tell me, how many different drawings are in your toolbox of, of drawings that you do? How many different programs? Boy, I tell you what, get your calculator out. I've got two. Woo, hey. You got <laughs> i got my Eagle, and I've got my uh, Lighthouse. Right. And that's the only two I've got now. And I'm just going to keep doing those until uh, I, I went ahead and bought about, uh, oh, I guess about $250 worth of chalk. Okay. And when it's gone, I'll buy another $250 worth of chalk. And maybe by then, maybe my eagle will look like an eagle. But until then, I'm having fun getting dirty. Good for you, Rick. Yeah, do, you, <laughs> do you have a particular method for creating your soundtracks, the music that you play while you're drawing? Well, you know, what I'm, just like my other shows, uh, what I do is I go back in and I put together a, a Windows media format, or you can put it onto a DVD if you like. But I like to use the Windows media format because by hitting Alt and Enter, it gives me a full screen. And so when I get ready to produce this, it's on my laptop, and I get ready to choose the program of the drawing that I'm doing, set the projector up to highlight. And, and the cool thing about a, 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 at least a 4,000 luminous projector would be the minimum. And you can pick those up for about oh, anywhere from 1100 to $1,200, but you're, it's a good investment. And, but the cool thing about that is you don't have to carry a whole lot of special lighting. The projector does it for you. And that's something that I really, really love and enjoy. But by me going back and putting together uh, my own entire program, you can use whatever version of multimedia that you want to create it with, you know, uh, depending on what your your budget may be and all that stuff. But um, I personally uh, like to use Adobe Premiere Pro. That's what I use to assemble all of my videos and everything else. Once I've done that, then I'll convert that into a WMV format and then I just load that onto my laptop. When I get ready to do my my chalk art, I just simply start that, and then whenever I'm ready to, at the end, by hitting Alt Enter, it's full screen. It hits play, and it puts all these different pictures and and the soundtracks already built into it. Uh, it it just I just can't imagine doing it any other way. If there's a better way, I'd sure love to know it. How, how is it that you assemble? And decide what music to use, or what pieces of uh, you know narration, or uh, is there a particular process that you go through when you're putting together? Well, a well I've been doing illusion shows for so long that a lot of times, you know, uh, I'll hear a piece of music and actually develop you know a whole entire routine just because of that musical song, whether it be levitating a girl or cutting a girl in half, or you know, or maybe some little boy got lost and the ball comes floating through the air, so. I'm used to doing this after years and years of years of hearing songs and saying, man, wouldn't that make a great routine? Well, same way uh, with the eagle. If I see something, I'll, I'll spend just hours upon hours, literally hundreds of hours sometimes, looking for the right songs, and then I have to go back and cut and splice to make it work. So for me, this is something I'm used to doing after all these years, so it's a no-brainer. And it's easy for me. But if somebody's not used to doing that, I'm sure there's somebody who goes to college in their town that would love to for maybe 25 or 30 or $50 would come in and do that for you. Oh, sure. And you know, it'll help a college student. You'll get what you need, too. But, yeah, that, for me, it's just sometimes it's a song. Sometimes it might be watching a movie that inspires me to do something. Uh, we just got through putting together, we saw a, a Michael Jackson deal where they were doing that deal, a routine, you know, the walking with the dead. So we opened up our magic show using a thriller routine, and we mixed it with comedy. And people just flat loved it. And of course, that's how I made my appearance out of nowhere on the stage. So once again, we heard the music, and we put together a routine. Well, I think the same way. We hear a song that maybe inspires you, then... Go out and, and decide what picture would work with that song and then develop it. For me, it would happen to be the eagle with the flag because it represents freedom, and that's what I'm all about. Rick, can you tell me a funny story, something embarrassing that's happened to you on stage over the years or maybe a couple of things? I'm sure as long as you've been out there doing what you're doing that you probably have 
a lot of things that you could share. Well, I, I hope that maybe this is uh, fitting for your show. <laughs> well, there's years and years ago, we do what's called a metamorphosis, and that's where we have a box on the stage, and we have a guy who gets on top, and the other guy has already been put in chains, or the girl has, and she's been stuck in the box. And then you raise this curtain up, you throw it up, and in an instant, they trade places. And so we were doing that show with that particular illusion. And sure enough, in an instant, it looked so magical. It was unreal. Uh, I was on top of the box, and, you know, the assistant was in the box. And, I mean, it was so fast that all of a sudden the assistant was on top of the box, and I was in the box. And the, and the only thing is, the person who left the box had left something in the box. They had passed gas. And so, once again, they took their time to unlock the box. So maybe that may not be humorous to you. It was not humorous to me at the time either. <laughs> but as I look back, I'm saying, things like that happen. And then, you know, we've had things where we walk out on stage, and then all of a sudden we go to produce something, and somebody forgot to load something. Uh-huh. And it's just an empty box. So we, those are things that you that you learn, that develop you, that the show just has to go on. But we've had our, 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 our problems uh, as far as the shows go, and uh, where we, we went out and did this huge show, and we had spent thousands of dollars, and we had less than 100 people show up. And you're saying, oh, my gosh, how do you get past that? Well, the show goes on. And then you learn from it, you go from that. But as far as funny stuff, uh, gosh, right off the top of my head, it, there's so many things that we've happened, people that... The main thing is we, we develop families and friends and memories that we'll never, ever forget. Well, I'm wondering if you have any video of yourself performing uh, posted anywhere on the Internet that we might be able oh, to. Oh, it's all over the Internet. Uh, well, the illusion is, of course, Rick's Magic. I go by Rick's World of Illusion, but it's Rick's Magic, which is R-I-C-K-S magic.com. And there's some uh, demos that are on there. Uh, you can go for the hypnosis to beyondyourimagination.com. There's some demos that are on there. And as far as the chalk art, we do have a small demo that we haven't got uploaded yet, but it will be on thefireswithin.com. And there's, I think there's several on YouTube and stuff like that that's been floating around the Internet for years since we've been doing it for so long. Okay. Well, as soon as I find something on uh, YouTube of you doing some chalk, we'll embed it into the uh, podcast uh, listing for this particular interview. Great. And I'm really looking forward to seeing all that, that's going on with what you're doing because I really think that's what's going to help break the ice and maybe inspire somebody to say, you know, he's right. Why don't we just do a chalk school just for the fun and invite everyone? You know, I don't think, I don't think it's a bad idea to teach people chalk art who maybe who have no intention of using it in the church because as you say as we reach out to those who are secular who are not christians and forge relationships with them and you know develop friendships that's where evangelism happens right well that's why the church started volleyball that's why he started bowling leagues it was to go out and just reach people to come in and have some fun and people said well that's out you know side door evangelism and my answer is so, what's wrong with that? And so, same way here, uh, the chalk art. Wouldn't it be great if somebody heard your podcast and said, you know, I'm going to go to my local library and make myself available. That's the one thing Dan taught me years ago. He said, if you'll just go up to people and say, hey, what can I do to help you? I want to make myself available. And that's what really made his ministry and what he did so powerful. And it impacted me. And I've been doing that for years since. It's just get off your duff, get out there, and let people know what you're doing and that you're available. And if people will do that, we could probably change some hearts and lives. You know, I was talking to David Legrand just this morning about uh, the latest I- issue of Chalk Art News, which he publishes there on uh, chalkmart.com. And he said that for a long time now, he's been sending out emails asking people asking other he's been sending these to his chalk artist mailing list email list uh, asking people to contribute not money but ideas stories Uh thoughts ideas things chalk you know all things chalk and he says they just nobody hardly will ever respond and send him anything that he can use well i think that's because people are in the mode of what i call rubber stamping you know they see something they just want to duplicate that most people don't really think for themselves no most people aren't inspired uh, just to go out and 
and do something with their own lives. And, and because of that, they don't know how to inspire someone else. But I think that could change. I think when people say, you know, I don't want to do what just everybody else is doing. I want to do something different. I want to be on the edge for me. And if they'll do that, out of 100 people, surely there's 5 or 10 that would want to make a difference. You know, like the Bible says, many are called, you know, but few are chosen. And uh, I just think that I want to be one of those that says, I made a difference for, for this group of people. And so I make myself available to the secular world and also to what we call the religious world. Sure. Well, this is my encouragement to those uh, listeners out there who are chalk artists. You all have something that you can contribute. An idea, a thought, a story, uh, something. And uh, I hope that you'll take the time, make the effort to contribute, uh, to send something off to uh, David Legrand for his chalk art news. Uh, If we all participate even a little bit, then the whole job gets done. It shouldn't be left to just a few. Amen, Rick. Amen. And and there's some great people. There's some great people out there. They're doing some great things. And I just think that a lot of people may not hear about them because uh, they stay in that one environment. But even Jesus said, "Let's get out in the ship. Let's cast ourselves to the other side of the shore." And I think we need to see a shift here. We need to see a change in in, in mentality that we've had on this. That that we could we could reach a lot more than just a handful if we just step out and do something with our lives. Rick, what's the most significant thing? that you've learned so far from chalk art? The most significant thing would be to, uh, uh, like Dan reminded me, I'd forgotten, even though I've been pastoring, you know, I've been in the ministry for 26 years now, teaching and motivating people and, and uh, making myself available to high schools and, you know, and junior highs and elementaries and all that, is that when I started doing the chalk, uh, he just kind of put things back in perspective, like the old ways he said this, before I could even touch the chalk, he said, we need to pray. Right. And he would ask God, said, God, would you guide Rick's heart and guide his hand with the chalk? And, you know, that's where something, I got so busy trying to serve God that I was serving God without God. So that has helped me to go back and say, God, I need you to guide my hand again today. And, and I would challenge you, go out and draw without asking God to help, and then go out and draw after, you know, and, and, and ask God to help you. And look at the two drawings, and what a difference Yeah, it is for me, anyway. You know, our family, we have two kids that are out of the home now, and two that are still uh, touring with us. And we've made it a practice ever, ever since we've been ministering as a family before our programs. We'll be, we have a stage uh, set up that includes curtains, stage curtains. So moments before our programs begin, we stand backstage. We hold our hands, each other's hands in a circle. We ask God's uh, help and guidance to quicken our minds and so forth. And invite him to be a part of that program and to work, to do the work that we can't do. It's made a difference over the years for sure. Well, you know, it's like the, like the potter. They asked him, with all the pottery all around, beautiful pottery everywhere, they said, which one's your favorite piece? And there was a clump of clay laying on the table, and it was ugly, it was marred, it looked horrible. Nobody would want it, but it held the water. He said, that's the most important one. And I think we've forgotten that. We're, we're too busy looking at all the pretty pottery out there, and we forget that really it's the clay that the master can use, and it's the one that holds the water, it's the one that's available that makes all this because other pottery wouldn't even exist without that. Absolutely. And so for me, I, I, I don't even want to forget, you know, what it really is that makes it worth, and that's really the presence of God in my life. So true, Rick. Have we missed anything or left anything out in our uh, discussion tonight? I want to give you an opportunity to uh, say anything you that I didn't ask. Any uh, answers you may have you want to share with us of, for things I didn't ask? You know, I, I just at, at age fifty-two, it's just that you got one shot at this thing called life, you know, and at age 52, I decided I don't want to bungee jump. I decided not to go parachuting. So for me, chunk. <laughs> <laughs> but do something. you got one shot. I don't want to live with regrets. At least, at least I tried something. At least I attempted something. At least I tried to inspire something. And so hopefully I'll have more to my life than just the dash with two numbers beside it, my birth date and my death date. I want more than a dash. I want somebody to say, you know, that changed my life. That man helped me do this, and that helped. And I hope that in return they'll say, you know, he literally tried to point me to Jesus Christ. And that's really my ultimate goal for anything that I do. 
Uh, now, Rick, I know that I've been on your sites and looked around there, and it seems like you have some products for sale. Now, they're not chalk art related, but do you have anything uh, for sale there that you think might be of interest to our listeners? Uh, as far as on, I have so many different sites. If you're referring to the chalk art site, you know, uh, there's we have things on there that, that there's some links that will link back to your site, Dan's site, other people's sites, you know. Uh, but as far as anything chalk art related for sale, I don't have that. But as far as magical, we do have a shopping cart on there. There's all kinds of uh, small items that you could purchase. You could learn, you know, to buy those to, to entertain your friends with. When it comes to the hypnosis, yes, we do have how to stop smoking, how to lose weight, how to have better sleep, play better golf, how to deal with pain management. I do have those on my website. Uh, of course, I have my clinical website, which is BYI hypnosis.com and there's uh, the clinical part of it if you're interested in knowing a little bit more about hypnotherapy and uh, but outside of that that's really all I've got other than book my show and here we come all right (laughs) (laughs) well Dr. Rick Honey, I appreciate all the time that you've given to me tonight and just sharing some of your thoughts philosophies and feelings it's been a lot of fun well thank you it's been a blessing on this end all right well I hope we can do it again sometime maybe come up with a whole new list of questions and uh, find out some more about who you are well thank you so much it's been an honor and privilege okay rick thanks so much and goodbye and god bless dr rick honey or dr h as he is fondly called i hope you'll take a moment and swing by chalkedandamazed.com and look at some of the free download resources that we have there including chalk art and showmanship You know, if people aren't paying attention to what you're doing, if you're putting them to sleep, and if they're bored watching you draw, well, the message isn't getting across. I hope you'll take a look at this short little booklet and see some techniques and ideas that you might be able to employ while you're doing chalk art for a crowd. Also, I want to thank uh, Dr. Rick Honey for his generosity in allowing me to post his eight-page PDF easel assembly instructions. There's a nice little PDF description here of how to build your own easel assembly for a bed sheet. Well, thanks for sticking with us all the way to the end. I hope now that after listening to Dr. Rick Honey, you feel just a little bit more chalked and amazed. <laughs>